Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to the final regular season show nhl strategies show sponsored by bet 365 i am your host josh harris we have made it to the end of the season somehow it was a it was the longest shortest season or the shortest longest season i've been having that internal debate with myself for a while joining me as always slim cliffy how you doing doing pretty good man um yeah here we are at the end of the season there are some games tomorrow um, we're not going to have a show, obviously, but the se- regular season does end tomorrow. Playoffs start Monday. Um, yeah, it has been quite the season. Um, you know, it's definitely nice to, you know, have a normal schedule, not have any super long breaks. Um, they, at, at the same time, I think they still have to find a way to make the regular season a little bit shorter. Like we're into month seven of the regular season at this point. Um, but maybe you know, 70 games or 75 games would be enough. The NHL will never do that, but you know, it is what it is, but no, it's been, a, and it's been a really entertaining season too. Like you can tell um, teams and players league wide are really adapting to, you know, new technology, modern tactics, um, you know, evolving certain positions, you know, the way defensemen play now, they absolutely did not play that way just six or seven years ago. Um, and seeing that, that evolution is super fun. I mean, another profitable DFS season as well. Um, yeah, back to back for me after um, a down bubble season for the last five years. So another good season in that regard. Um, just, you know, just a lot of fun. There's a lot of good hockey. Like, um, you know, I was, I was actually thinking last night of some of the really – awesome games that we've seen this year the first one that came to mind was that king's wild game like the third or fourth game of the season where it's like eight seven or something like that and <laughs> there was something like 11 goals scored after the first period um there's just been a lot of fun hockey and uh we do have a ton of games to talk about but i'm gonna be honest i'm really looking forward to the playoffs yeah i'm looking forward to the playoffs too a lot of these games are kind of meaningless today there are a handful of teams still playing her stuff, and we'll make sure to hit on that. There are a couple games that are just like, if they weren't on the slate, I wouldn't even notice. But we'll break them down. We'll get through everything before we get into the slate. We have a couple super chats. We have a $10 super chat from Clayton Eskew. Thank you very much. Says, thanks for a great regular season. You gentlemen brought the goods all year. And Larry, with a 1691 super chat the year he was born. Cheers to a great season. Thank you very much. I, I, I We were – or we're – talking about the season yesterday in dms and we were talking about how 
we showed a picture from the first show of the season to the one on Tuesday. We look like we both aged like 30 years. It's insane. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I really do enjoy doing this every day. Um, it just does get long when you're doing this every day for six months, We, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. Um, it'll be nice to start getting some more sunshine on a regular basis. Um, I'll say that much. But um, yeah, Clayton and Larry, thanks a lot for your super chats. Um, we really do appreciate it. Um, you guys are certainly valuable um, in the Discord. Um, we enjoy having you guys around. Um, it's good to net, get to know you guys a little bit more on a personal level. And it's just fun just to uh, kind of help each other out uh, while we try to figure out uh, this DFS embedding thing. So thanks a lot for the Super Chats. Thanks for a great season. Let's hope uh, we can do some damage in the playoffs. Yep. And we have another $10 Super Chat from Provius. Just in case it's the last show I contend. Love you guys and all you do. Hope they let you do playoff shows. So uh, we did talk about playoff shows, but it's really in DraftKings court. Um, if they put out GPPs that are decent enough that we can put out content, I think we will. Um, don't quote me on that, but I don't know what the threshold would be for that. But if they are good enough, you will be seeing our old faces for some playoffs. Maybe I'll shave or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I might have to shave. I, I like. I mean, we don't have a schedule. We don't know what we're going to do or, or not going to do or anything like that. So even just talking right now, we're just kind of speculating. But I I think there's going to be a big contest on DK the first night of the playoffs, right? Because they've been having satellites and tickets to that for over, like, feels like over a month now. So I'd have to assume maybe we have one, at least one show at the start of the, right at the start of the playoffs. But um we'll let you guys know certainly um either on twitter and also in the discord um when we find out exactly what's going to happen hopefully we can get back on the air at some point but uh yeah thanks a lot for the super chat provius um you know just like we were saying earlier uh with clayton and larry um really enjoy having you guys uh part of the community and getting to know you guys a little bit better and just kind of shooting the breeze all season long and uh uh again i i just hope that we can kind of carry this momentum and playoffs a little bit yeah, and Kyle says, playoff beards. You're right, my Rangers in the playoffs. They have a long run. Should be interesting. But, like, I'm, like, slowly falling into a stereotypical tattooed bald guy. Like, I'm going to have a bald head, big beard, tattoos. You know, it's just like if you've ever been through New Jersey, there's just a ton of those fellas roaming around. So I'll just be a stereotype <laughs> until the summertime. But that's all right. I look good, but let's get into this slate. Uh, we have 15 games to get through. Thank you very much, everyone, for the super chats. Uh, before we do, let's get the uh, run sheet up so I know what to read. You'd think I'd have this down by the end of the season. No. Give us a like and subscribe. As you know, it helps us out a lot. Um, you know, make sure to hit that notification button. I'm sure if you're tuning in, you've already done that, but, you know. You can sign up for the Stochastic Hall of Fame by changing your avatar in DraftKings and FanDuel by going to stochastic.com backslash avatar. You got a place in the top three of a contest with over 5K contestants. If you do that, tweet to win, tweet the win to at stochastichof on Twitter. Our own, um, what's his name? He just did, I'm so bad Chuck, with names, but he's Chuck Dynasty, wasn't it? No, the. He, one of the guys who worked for uh, works for Stochastic 
won 100 k or something like that three days in a row. Oh, Steve Buzzer, there it is. Our own Steve Buzzard, 100K, 100K, 50K, three days in a row. They let him into the Hall of Fame, six sides. Um, and if you do that, you get a free month Stochastic Plus Platinum, which is a $120 value. And it gives you access to everything on the site, all the sports for a month. So make sure to check that out. No, it's this one. There you go. Doing a little math. It said it wasn't right. It's not right. It's that one. I don't know my hexagons, apparently. Well, let's get into the slate. It's it's this it's C. Yeah, that's what I said. No, you said B. Yeah, maybe I don't know my hexagons. Now the lineup builder is loading, but I know the first game of the night is the Ottawa Senators with a 3.3 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.7. Mad Sogard and Craig Anderson are confirmed. Given old man Craig the probably his swan song of his career. He's had a great career. Um, that being said, of neither of these teams really have anything to play for. They don't. But, like, I'd still like the Ottawa Senator side here. Their top line coming in around 5%. You know, Brady Kachuk, Claude Giroux, Tim Stutzla. Outside of Giroux, you know, Stutzla, Kachuk, fairly young. So they'll probably play pretty hard. This is a good matchup. Like we were talking a little bit before the show on a 15-game slate, I'm really looking for the teams that have something to play for, like the Devils, the Avs, the Oilers, the the, the Golden Knights, et cetera, et cetera. But of the teams that don't really have anything to play for, I still do like the Senators' top line here. Yeah, I, I, this is one of those games where I'm not really that concerned about these teams both being eliminated from playoffs. Like, you know, these are – maybe Ottawa had high expectations and maybe some Ottawa fans had high expectations for them. But at the outset of the season, these aren't two teams where people were like, yeah, these are locks for the playoffs. And, you know, it's a disappointment that they missed or something like that. These are just two young and growing teams. I think with a lot of young players, um, especially, you know, there are definitely guys that have their roles locked down, but there are players that are still playing for jobs next year. And we'll, you know, we'll talk about that in those games. This isn't a game where I'm necessarily concerned about effort like it's not going to be a playoff intense you know finish to the season or anything like that but it's i'm not worried about effort here um you know the uh, what i will say about buffalo i i'm not super excited about playing them in these current iterations like i just don't don't like um, the split or the split even strength line sorry casey middlestad is honestly doing work on the top line he has 14 shots in his last five games uh, so I don't have necessarily have a problem playing that Buffalo top line of Tuck Skinner and Middlestat. They're also coming in fairly low on between four and five percent. Um, you know, we were talking on the show a couple of days ago. Middlestat's had really, really good playmaking numbers this year. Um, I'm not super concerned about um, the Ottawa side of things, and also Ottawa's. You know, they're going to finish the season one of the most penalized teams in the league, um, and their penalty kill has just completely fallen apart basically since the trade deadline it happens to coincide with their goalies getting injured but you know you just got to play it as it lies so i don't mind buffalo one here honestly um in that mid price range they're a little under 17k on DraftKings. but yeah i i agree with you all things being equal i really do like the ottawa top line here as well i'd be more worried if Devin levi was in net but it's craig anderson you know he hasn't played he hasn't played in a while because they were starting levi often um 
So I, I don't have a particular problem going with Ottawa one here, especially where Buffalo's penalty kill has also been pretty bad basically all year and it hasn't gotten better. One thing I will say is the Ottawa power play has legitimately been worse with Jake Sanderson. Um, fewer shots, fewer goals, fewer everything. So there is some concern in that regard because Ottawa does live or die on the power play, but I agree with you. Ottawa one still um, playing extremely well, at least offensively. Um, you know, uh, Brady's had a pretty good uh, playmaking season. He's improved in that regard. So I think my favorite line, I agree with you, is Ottawa one in this game, but I don't mind Buffalo one here either. Yeah, and the one thing I should note, if I, our ownership isn't updated with a lot of the players out, it's probably going to change. So I may refrain from quoting projected ownership here. Um, there is a ton of guys out there are 30 games or 30 teams playing to get through. So Jake is like that cat gif behind the computer right now, just hammering away. So hopefully he'll get that done, but let's move on to the next one. Cliffy told me not to talk about it. So we will move on <laughs> the Pittsburgh Penguins with a 3.9 total heading into Columbus. The blue jackets have a 2.7 total Tristan Jari, Michael Hutchinson are confirmed. How bad did the Penguins blow that the other night? <laughs> if like, if that was the Leafs, I would have I would have done a full hour on the game, like a full hour. But this is the first time in 19, 18, 19 years the Penguins are missing the playoffs, and it's it coincidentally coincides with one of the best analytical people leaving their front office in twenty twenty one. I honestly like the amount of people out of the Blue Jackets lineup. I should have interest in the penguins, but I just don't like, I have no interest in either side of this game. <laughs> I don't have interest in Columbus. Like I'll just say that like right out front. Um, I, I guess if you wanted to play a little bit of the Columbus second line, Rosalind Johnson, Trey fix Wolanski, I don't have a problem with that. The thing is, is Columbus is coming in with a ton of ownership because they're all so cheap. Like it's it's like Nashville a month ago, right? When they'd have like a four percent top two and be like twenty percent owned. That's Columbus here tonight. Not quite twenty percent, but probably in the teens for both top lines. If there's thirty teams on the slate, I don't feel that. Like, listen, <laughs> listen. It's our last show of the season. I am not going out by saying by saying I'm going to recommend slamming Uber Chalk Columbus Blue Jackets. I, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. So I'm out on Columbus. On the Pittsburgh side, like, this is one of those teams where I'm wondering just how much effort we're going to get out of them, right? Like, it it is a colossal catastrophe that they've missed the playoffs. Like, no matter how you want to look at it, they completely blew it. So I'm wondering just exactly, you know, how invested they're going to be in this game. Pittsburgh's top line is, you know, still been generating a lot, even though the team struggled. The problem is like the Pittsburgh power play has just been so bad. I, I think I mentioned it this morning on Twitter. You could argue at least since the lockout season back in 2012, 2013, that this year was the worst Pittsburgh has ever has been on the power play in the Crosby era. And in a season where, it's a seven-year high in power play opportunities per team and a 37-year high in power play conversion percentage. When you have a 10-year low in power play efficiency, that's a serious problem. And I know Columbus's penalty kill has also fallen apart. 
I, like, I, I think I would, I would go to the Pittsburgh top line here. I don't know if I would necessarily power play stack. I think Pittsburgh two is fine, but I do like the Pittsburgh top line in a nutshell. It is a tremendous matchup for them. I'm just wondering how much motivation they're going to have actually have in this game. Yeah, I don't think they're going to have any, but maybe they play better with no pressure. Who knows? That's something you can't really. Yeah, maybe that's it too. Like you know, now that they're out, they're just going to start playing looser or a little bit looser or whatever. Um, you know, there's certainly merit to that. I, I just think on a slate this big, you know, you can find other expensive lines that are going to be low owned. That's all. Yeah, it's just hard to quantify like effort. Yeah, I like in this in this scenario, you just yeah, like how do you quanti- how do you quantify one game effort at the end of a season? Yeah. Like you just can't. Yeah, they're professionals; they're making millions of dollars, but like they just got their hearts ripped out by the Blackhawks. How much effort are they going to bring to an AHL, you know, Columbus team tonight? So who knows? Carolina Hurricanes with a three point one total heading into Florida. The Panthers have a three point three total. Freddie Anderson is probable. Alex Leone, the greatest to ever do it, is confirmed. This is an important game for both teams. Carolina wins. They win the division. Florida wins. They avoid Boston. <laughs> both big games here. Um, like this Florida ownership is very enticing, but like Carolina is very, very good defensively. I think – if I was making what is the fifteen dollar tonight seventy max? If I was making seventy lineups, I'd be a bit over the field on the Florida top line. I just in one to three, I don't think it's necessary to go into like I don't even know how they match up, but like all three lines as they are, maybe the Aho line is the best line to attack. I would say, but like I don't know. I'm not super thrilled about stacking Florida going, you know, against Carolina on a 15 game slate. I think I'd be more interested on the Carolina side specifically. Like, I don't even think you need a full stack. Like a one-off Stefan Nason is interesting because the Panthers take a ton of penalties. Their penalty kill isn't great. Uh, You want like Tara Vinans on the top power play. He's just been bad this season, whether it's nagging injuries or whatever. I don't know, but. I think, you know, one-offs are where I'd be for Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to start on the Florida side here. Like, Sam Reinhardt back on the top line with Florida is just driving me absolutely up the wall. This It's two years in a row now that Barkoff and Reinhardt just haven't played well together. And it's not it's not like they're playing exceptionally poorly or anything like that. It's just relative to what other Florida line combinations have done Um they're just not good. Like over the last um, last season, uh, Barkov's on ice goal rate was like thirty two percent higher without Sam Reinhardt on his line. Um, this season, it's kind of it's it's actually not even close to the same thing. Barkov's on ice goal rate is uh, double what it is when he's on the ice with Sam Reinhardt than when he's without him. So. It's two years in a row now where Barkov's offensive numbers are considerably better without Sam Reinhart on his wing. And it's not that Sam Reinhart's a bad player, right? Like they, he has good numbers with Anton Lundell. He had good numbers with Mason Marchman last year. He has good numbers with um, Etulu Sarainen, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever it is, Barkov and Reinhart don't play well together. And they're going into Carolina. I'm 
I'm so far out on care on Florida one. I, I could not be further away. It's like uh, it's the sun to Pluto. I'm completely out. Florida two is a little bit interesting to me. Any line with Matthew Kachuk is interesting. Um, as I mentioned, um, Kachuk and Lundell, or uh, yeah, Kachuk and Lundell, I mentioned on the last show, have played pretty well together this season. That line is up to 70 minutes together. 4.4 expected goals per 60 minutes, 4.9 actual goals. They're just generating a ton. I know it's Carolina. I think Florida, too, is kind of interesting. I'm not running out to play him in a single entry with 30 teams on the slate, but they do kind of interest me here. Um, on the Carolina side, like, okay, you got Jarvis um, back on the top line. That's great. Uh, what kind of interests me more? And But the problem there is, is Jarvis and Ajo are going to be going into Barkov. And as bad as Barkov and Reinhardt have been offensively together, they have been pretty good defensively, which is one reason why I think the coach keeps kind of going back to it is like, at least they're really good defensively. Um, so that kind of takes me out of Carolina one. Like Carolina two is a little interesting to me here. I, I'm generally not interested in any line with yes, Perry Cock and the Emmy on it. But Natchez and Nason have pretty good offensive numbers together this, this season. 3.4 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Four actual goals for whether they're playing with Stahl, Kakaniemi, Aho hasn't mattered. I think I'm kind of interested in both second lines here, but it's one of those cases where if I was playing a 20 max, I would probably have them in a single entry. I don't know if I can get there. Yeah. I mean, Nason's fine if you're like, Edmonton power play stacking because he's cheap and on the top power play. And Stefan Nason's kind of like an upgraded Alex Jason. Like they play similar minutes. Dude, they make their team's power plays better. But he is in the top six. He'll probably play 14, 15 minutes. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, yeah, I, I don't mind Nason as uh, a one-off. Bobby Boone says, Kings to the cup. I actually hope the Kings make the cup. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Aligning with Bobby Boom. What a day. Boston Bruins with a four total heading into Montreal. The Canadians have a 2.5 total. Jeremy Woman, Swayman, and Samuel Montembeau going back to back are confirmed. I was actually, are, Boston's not sitting anybody. <laughs> I'm not that convinced. They sent everybody to Montreal. I'm wondering if it's not like, hey, boys, want to go have a night out in Montreal to finish the regular season? You know what I mean? It's like, why? Like, I was I was shocked that Pasternak traveled with them. I shocked Bergeron travel. They have a four total, but like, there is literally nothing to play for. They want to stay healthy, is the big thing. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't have much interest in this game. Uh, here, like, I don't believe we're going to see Patrice Bergeron play tonight. I really don't. Um, he's like you said, he's traveling with them, and we don't know this for sure. We're we're going to find this all out of warm up with everybody else. We're just kind of guessing here, or trying to take educated guesses anyway. 
Um, yeah, they're all with the team. I don't think Bergeron at the least is going to play tonight. Um, I think there's also a reasonable chance that you're going to see Brad Marchand sit tonight. Um, probably one or two of the defensemen. That's what that's what's making this hard, right? Is like, yes, in a nutshell, I would obviously really want to play Boston one here tonight. Are they even going to play? And the other question is, if they do play, are they going to get minutes? Because what you and I have often talked about is like Bergeron and Marchand, even as Boston's kind of, you know, slowed things down over the last couple months, they still were playing 19 to 20 minutes some games when the game was really close, right? I don't I don't even think that, that they would play 18 minutes tonight if they played, if they're in the lineup. I don't think they're playing 18 minutes if this is a close game. I don't think, like, I think even if they're in the lineup, they're capping out at, like, 15 minutes, right? That's kind of the problem here. It's like, I, I think there's going to be guys missing from the lineup. And even if they play, this is definitely a game where Bergeron's, like, Bergeron's not playing 21 minutes, you know, because it's a 1-1 game in the third period. Like, that's just not going to happen. So, you know, even if you do play them, how much how much ice time can you really rely on them for? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really have interest in the Boston top six. I kind of have interest in the Boston third line, depending what it looks like, right? Because, you know, if Berge, if like Bergeron and Marchand sits, David Krejci's already out. That's half the top six. Like somebody's got to play the minutes. You know, it could be like Coyle and Frederick and those guys. So I do have a little bit of interest in Boston three, which could end up Boston two by the time warm-ups start. Um, if I were to play Boston here, even if Marchand and Bergeron are in the lineup, I'm not playing them. I'm playing the guys down the lineup. Those are the guys that are, are going to get the ice time here tonight. So it'll be guys like Coyle. It'll be guys like Frederick, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, you know, those Pavel Zaka, those types of players, whatever the line ends up being is what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in the top guns from Boston. Um, <laughs> on the Montreal side, I don't, awkward, by the way, last night. I don't have a ton of interest in Montreal, obviously. It's a brutal matchup. What I will say is that Bertuzzi and Zaka, or Bertuzzi and Pasternak, sorry, are up to 130 minutes together. 3.1 expected goals against per 60 minutes at 5-on-5, five five, which is way below average. And that's terrible for a Boston team. And there's actually goals going in, 2.7 actual goals against. That's worse than league average. This is not a good defensive duo. Jake Evans and Brendan Gallagher, at least they've been generating some shots. You know what I mean? I think Evans, like something like Evans and Gallagher would be a decent, super cheap two-man if you're slamming in like super expensive Colorado and Edmonton and those guys. But uh, like, you know, all things being equal, I'd way rather play the cheap guys from the Boston side than the Montreal side. Yeah, even if the Boston Top Guns do play tonight, I, I want to like reference the Stars game last night. The Stars top line, they played 14 minutes through the first two periods, and they're up five to two going into the third. They barely played in the third. Like the the Stars had two power plays, they didn't see any time. So like that could be a similar situation, even if it's close. You know what I mean? They can just be going through the motions or whatever. So, yeah, I agree with you. I do like the depth tonight of Boston. Montebon on a back-to-back. Who, like, he, he, he's actually pretty good, like, considering the team in front of him. Yeah. So, but, you know, Bertuzzi, I would be shocked if Pasternak plays. 
he hasn't taken a game off this season. Oh, maybe that's why he's going to play. But. I think that's it. Like, he yeah. would be the one guy I'm not super worried about playing. I mean, maybe he doesn't. I think everybody's fair game. But um, I think he would be, like, of the like the top power play guys, he would be the one guy I'd be like, yeah, I think he plays tonight. Yeah, that's why Kyle Connor's playing tonight. <laughs> he hasn't missed a game this season. But we'll get to that. Um Toronto Maple Frauds with a three total heading into New York. The Rangers have a 3.4 total. Joseph Wallace confirmed. Oh, oh Samsonov still banged up. So they can give Wall another start. Probably going to be Yaroslav Halak tonight for the Rangers. Uh, haven't seen Rangers stuff. I don't know if they're going to sit anybody, but Mika Zibanejan's at 39 goals. Every, everybody was at practice yesterday. Yeah. Now, whether they sit anybody at warm-up is a, is a different question, but all the regular guys practiced in their normal spots yesterday. Yeah, they told Mika Zibanejad he had 39 shot, or 39 goals, and he's like, I guess I'm going to shoot for 40 tonight, so maybe he's going to shoot the puck a little bit more. Who knows? I don't know. Um, Tavares is out tonight. Uh, Matthew, how do, is it Knees? Nice? Sorry about that. What? How do you? I thought that was me. I was like, oh, disconnected. No, no, I, uh, I, I clicked the back button by mistake. Don't want to click that when you're live on a show. Yeah. Uh, how do you? Yeah. How do you? Is it knees? Knees? Knees. Knees. Yeah. Knees is moving up to the top power play with Tavares out. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it kind of depends on the Rangers lineup, but I, I don't mind that Ryan O'Reilly line. On the Rangers side, I, I don't know what they're going to look like. So, like, even if they put a full lineup out, I think the kids would be the most interesting one to me. But that's just – I don't have a ton of interest in this game. Yeah, I agree with you on the kids here. Um, you know, the Rangers don't have anything to play for. They're locked in their playoff position. Um, Toronto doesn't have anything to play for. They're locked in their own playoff position as well. Like, the Rangers have been spreading out ice time – as it was like once Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko joined the lineup, then they started spreading out the ice time. Like just look at Vincent Trocek's ice time over the last six weeks. Right. Um, yeah. And you got to think tonight that the kids are going to get more ice time, even more ice time than they had been. Um, you know, the Rangers top two lines have been playing fine, not exceptional, but certainly not poorly or anything like that. Um Toronto's not a bad defensive team. And one thing we do keep saying is, um, you know, Toronto typically has a pretty good penalty kill. The Rangers do need the power play for, for DFS value for, especially at some of their prices. Uh, so I'm not super excited about the Rangers top six here. I agree with you. We'll see what it looks like at warm up, but Hito Lafreniere and Kako is the line that I'm interested in here. That's one of those lines where I, I would probably fit them in with, um, a Colorado or an Edmonton or something like that. Uh, if I'm playing the expensive guys, especially where Toronto's bottom six has really struggled um, over the last six weeks, basically since the trade deadline, I see you laughing and smiling. I know we both enjoy that. Um, they could get some good matchups at five on five. So uh, it is that Rangers third line. I like the best from their side on the Toronto side. I agree with you. I kind of like that second line of Nylander, O'Reilly and Kniez. Um you know, Ryan O'Reilly's had pretty good offensive numbers since he got to Toronto. The problem is a lot of it has been with John Tavares, and I'm wondering how he actually looks without him. Like, um, you know, he's had some finishing issues without Tavares on his line, and 
you know, Nylander's had those problems at times in his career. So I don't mind Toronto two here um, as a mid price line, but you know, it's another one of those cases. Like does William Nylander play 20 minutes tonight? Does Ryan O'Reilly play 19 minutes tonight? I like, I'm not sure. I'd rather just play the Rangers third line and kind of move along, especially with, you know, they've been like, we said it on the last show. They've been playing really, really well since the trade deadline, like exceptionally well together. Um, I think they are one of those stacks I wouldn't mind putting with the big boys later in the sleep. Yeah, and a lot of people, specifically Islanders fans, are calling Capo Caco a bust. He's having a much better season this year than he did last season. He doesn't get power play time. He's going to be fine. He's 21. Pipe down, Islanders. You're probably going to get swept by Boston. Yeah, I Capo Caco would be the guy that I would be picking on to say, um, you know, he's a bust or whatever. Um He's scored at a decent rate this year, put up decent points, been pretty good defensively. Like He's getting to the net a lot more this year than he was last year. Which like, is even if he doesn't end up a 40-goal, 90-point winger, if he ends up like a Nino Niederreiter where you can put up 25 goals, 60 points with great defense, that's a first-line winger. <laughs> I, I just, you know, anyways. The six Islanders fans are in shambles right now. But anyway, um, we are sponsored by Bet365, and the best way to take – money from the books is to take advantage of a great promo offer when they become available. And we have one for you from our sponsor, Bet365. Click the link in the description below to take advantage. You sign up with Bet365. You deposit. The minimum deposit is $10. You can bet for as low as $1 and get $200 in bonus bets. Bonus bets winnings are added to the bonus bets balance. Bonus bet wagers excluded from returns. Terms and conditions apply. This is also only available in New Jersey. Colorado, Ohio, and Virginia, because that's where Bet365 is legal right now. They are going to more states, so keep that in mind. They generally have this deal uh, for a good bit of time. So even if we are off the air and it's an MLB show and they have that deal in more states, I'm sure they'll have it. But, uh, yeah, another good bet tonight, McDavid to score. It's always a good one to bet. Uh, even if you lose, you get the $200 in free bonus bets. And if you or anyone else you know has a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.7 total heading into Tampa Bay. The Lightning have a 3.8 total. Billy Huso, Brian Elliott are confirmed. I don't know if Dylan Larkin's going to play if they don't. If he doesn't, I mean, I, I don't know if I had much interest anyway. But if it is Larkin, Perrant, Kubalik, maybe I'd have some interest. I just I don't know really what the Lightning are going to do, how much these guys are going to play. This is another game that there isn't anything to play for, so I'm kind of questioning how many minutes these guys are going to play if they do play. So probably looking somewhere else in my one through three. But in MME, I guess you can play that. Yeah, I, this is a game where I'm not going to go after the top line. Um, Stamkos, Kucherov, and um, Braden Point haven't been playing all that well, to be honest. Um, in 125 minutes since the trade deadline, which is off the top of my head about 10 games, give or take, worth of ice time, they're losing the expected goals battle. 2.64, 2.7 against, which feels unfathomable for a line with that kind of talent on it. Now, they're still scoring just under four goals per 60 minutes in that span. The, pro- the problem is, is they're shooting 
as talented as they are, no line can keep up 15% for any reasonable stretch of time. So uh, uh, the lack of shot generation is a big concern for Tampa one. So I'm not, I'm with you. I'm not playing them. If anything, it would probably be the Tampa second line. Colton, Sorelli, Kalorn, probably a two man of like Sorelli, Colton, Ross, Colton. He hasn't had the season I was hoping for him, but it hasn't been terrible. I think he has like 17 goals or something like that playing third, fourth line minutes. Um, you know, they're going to get the middle of that Detroit lineup. Which, no, there's nothing there. Uh, so it would be that new Tampa second line, if anything. But I'm not super excited about playing the Tampa side here tonight. Um, kind of the same thing with the Detroit side. The only line I would have interest in would be a Perron, Kubelik, Larkin line. Um, they actually have been playing well. Uh, three expected goals per 60 minutes of five on five since the trade deadline. 5.4 actual goals. Shooting 13.6%, which is a little bit high. You'd want them closer to like, you know, 10 to 11%. But the thing is, is like, even if you take off a third of that shooting percentage, they're still scoring over three and a half goals per 60 because they're just creating so much. So if Larkin is in, I imagine one way or another, I'm going to have to be doing lineup scrambles at 6.30 Eastern regardless. So if Larkin is in, I would have some interest in like, because Brian Elliott's starting. It's not Vasilevsky, right? Uh, Mikhail Sergachev is out. As you said, I'm not sure how much the top guys are going to play anyway. It's not, I don't think it's really a terrible matchup for Detroit as long as Dylan Larkin is playing. If he's out, I have no interest in their team at all. If he's in, I would have interest in a top line of like him, Prong, Kubali, or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it might even have been a good matchup if Vasilevsky and Sergachev in. Like, Tampa's been awful the second half of the season. Fair point. Whether they can turn it on in the playoffs, we'll find out. I don't think their penalty kill is good enough. But that's for another time. New Jersey Devils with a 3.7 total heading into Washington. The Capitals have a 2.8 total. Mackenzie Blackwood is probable. Darcy Kemper is confirmed. Devils have something to play for tonight. They would need to win in regulation, and I believe at the worst, Carolina would have to lose in overtime to win the division like if carolina gets two points devils can't but if the hurricanes get one point i think if they win they win the division uh no i i I, it 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 it's it goes to like the third tiebreaker or something like that um if carolina gets carolina if new jersey wins here tonight in any sort of fashion carolina also has to win to win the division that's the way I think that's the way it goes. Okay, so like if New Jersey wins, Carolina has to win. Even if Carolina, uh, you know, gets one pointer to shoot out or something, they still don't win the division. Okay, cool. So this is a big game for the Devils. Um, I guess it like if the Devils win the division, they'll play either the Islanders or the Panthers instead of the Rangers. I don't know, man. I I, I would not really want to play the Panthers right now. They are absolutely rolling. I guess they have questions in that, but that's the only thing is like, sorry to cut you off, but like as long as the Florida goaltending holds up, it's it's a pretty dangerous team. It's just how, how much longer can Alex Leon keep doing this? Yeah. But I guess like handpicking your opponent is usually the kiss of death anyway. Watch Florida just like Jordan Bennington their way to (laughs) this year. man. That would be hilarious. Yeah. Then give Alex Leon the Bob contract, but uh, yeah. 
Um, got, before we break down this game, Ben Benwell, $10 super chat. Thanks for another great season, guys. Go Devils. Mm, not sure about that, but uh, if they do play uh, the Rangers in the first round, uh, we'll have fisticuffs, a little Jack Johnson, a little Tom O'Leary. But, yeah, thank you very much for the super chat. I uh, appreciate you guys in chat and Discord all season. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ben. Um, gotten to know Ben quite a well over the last you know four or five years or well enough anyways um really really smart hockey guy enjoy seeing him in the discord um thanks for everything uh in the discord thanks for the super chat um thanks for a really good season let's hope for a good playoffs here buddy yeah i'll root for the devils until they play the rangers how about that because i'm from new jersey take that we're from new jersey um and i would like to go to the a playoff game there because it's way cheaper than going to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> um, that being said, I, I think there's multiple ways to go with the Devils here tonight. Uh, I think you can go double center with Brat, double center with Meyer. I would go to guitar if I would you. Yeah. There you go. But I, I don't know. Like Hughes, Brad is fine. I think Heesher, Mercer is fine with Tatar. Like I said in the last show, I would full stack the Heischer line. I would go Hughes, Brat, and add somebody else in on the power play. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start on the Washington side. I don't really have interest in the Caps here. Like you said, New Jersey does have something to play for. The Caps have just it's so bad for uh, like a good six weeks now. I thought things would get better when John Carlson came back. And boy, they have not. Um Ovechkin and Backstrom haven't played much together this year, but they really, really struggle to generate offense when they're on the ice. Craig Smith, he has 20 shots in his last five games. I mean, I guess there's a guy you could probably one-off. Um, but Washington just hasn't been generating uh, much. Like, New Jersey does look like they've kind of hit their playoff gear here. So, at least... Amongst the expensive caps, I'm out on them. Like, if you want to play, like, a one-off Tom Wilson or a one-off Craig Smith or something like that, I'm not going to argue with it, but uh, I don't think I can full-stack Washington here. On the New Jersey side, uh, here's the interesting thing. Is Washington, in their last game, was using that Strom wilson Sheary line, basically in second and third line matchups. Here's the thing. Wilson and Connor Sheary have absolutely atrocious defensive numbers together this season. Four expected goals against per 60 minutes of five on five. That's that's not just bad for Washington. That's something you'd expect to see like on the third line for the Anaheim Ducks. Like they've been absolutely awful. And that's a matchup that New Jersey's second line, the Jack Hughes line, is going to see not 100% tonight, but a fair bit of them at five on five. So Hughes, Brad, and Platt, a line coming in 5 to 6% own, uh, a line that is at 3.5 expected goals, 4.4 oh. actual goals per 60 minutes of 5-on-5 five five on the season. Um, that's the line that's going to see quite a – not uh, like a good amount of that Strom, Shiri Wilson uh, line. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, 
So I am pretty excited to kind of get to some New Jersey two here. I think they're easily my favorite line in this game. They've been playing well. I think it's a good matchup. The Washington penalty kill has just, you know, you want to talk about penalty kills falling apart. Here's another one that has just completely fallen apart. Um, thanks to the, largely thanks to the goaltending, but you know, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. Uh, New Jersey's power play hasn't been good with Timo Meyer there, but this is a good matchup for them. You get Hughes and Brad on the top power play unit. It's Hughes, Brad, and Platt I like best in this game, and it's by quite a big margin. Yeah, I do like Jack Hughes tonight as well. Winnipeg Jets with a 2.4 total. Heading into Colorado, the Avalanche have a 3.7 total. Big save, Dave. Dave Riddich confirmed Alexander Yorgiev is probable. Looks like Arturi Lekkinen, uh is back tonight. I'm not sure where he's going to slot in. Could be on the top line. Could be on the second line. I got to think it's going to be on the second line, right? Like just boot Mulligan down. Yeah. Let's see here. The Jets are sitting Shifley, Dubois, Ehlers, Wheeler, Morrissey. So who knows what their lineup is looking going to look like. If Colorado wins out, they win the division. I have a hard time believing that the Jets keep this game close. I think Colorado blows them out. I really, really like the Colorado top line and power play tonight. I'm wondering just how much ownership we're going to see on Colorado here tonight. Because, you know, everybody's working with the same information. Everybody's going to know that Winnipeg is sitting everyone except for Kyle Connor, you know, to get to game 82. Uh, they're sitting everyone, including Connor Hellebuck. Um we have Colorado's top line coming in eight to nine percent right now, which made sense because they are pretty expensive twenty two thousand two hundred. Um, I gotta think that comes up with the news that that you know everybody is going to be missing here. Um, I just wonder, you know, I assume Lekkinen is going to jump in on the second line and Mulligan moves down. I just wonder about the power play, right? Because if they decide to take JT Comfer off the power play and put uh, Lekkinen on, they're going to have, I mean, one way or another, you're going to have two forwards on the sec on Colorado's second line on the power play. Like if, if the line ends up Natushkin, Comfort and Lekkinen, two of those guys are going to end up on the top power play unit. Right. Um, so, and there's not a ton of ownership coming in on Colorado two right now, uh, with Mulgan there, they're only at about 3%. Um, you know, with Lekkinen there, I don't know if it's going to come up that much, uh, you know, maybe five or six percent, but I don't think it's going to come up a ton as a three-man combo owned in line lineups. I know it feels really bad to make a Colorado stack and leave off Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen, but I honestly don't hate that second line here. Um, if you want to just make some sort of power play stack, that's fine. I'm not worried about Winnipeg's penalty kill numbers, considering they're you know half the teams isn't playing tonight. Uh, so I do kind of like Colorado two here. But anything to do with Colorado's top six is completely in play here. Uh, like, I think it, it, you know, I hate to say it, it sounds incredibly obvious, but them along with Edmonton might be my two favorite spots on the entire slate. It's, you know, it is what it is. Do you, I, I was thinking while you were talking about that, do you think with Lekkanen they go to a five forward power play? No. Because of the car's out? No. Okay. No, I, 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 I do think they, they just leave Devin Taves there. Like, don't, don't forget, man. This was a team running a three defenseman power play at one point this season. <laughs> they have no qualms about playing defensemen on the top on any on the top power play unit or any power play unit. 
Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that. A three defenseman power play. They're running Byron, Gerard, and and Taves on the second unit. That's well, crazy. Those three guys are pretty mad. That's the thing. Right? It makes sense. It's like I'm not taking Sam Gerard off for like, you know, Andrew Cogliano or something. Yeah. It makes sense. It's wild. Let's get to a rematch from last night. The St. Louis Blues with a 2.5 total heading into Dallas. The Stars have a 3.9 total. Jordan Bennington confirmed Jake Ottinger probable for tonight. They went with uh, the backup last night, so it's probably going to be Ottinger. The Stars have to win tonight to have any shot at the division. They just beat up on the Blues last night. It wasn't particularly close, even though Joel Hoffer actually played pretty well. They just took too many penalties. Like Robertson and Hintz played 17 minutes last night. Pavelski played 15. If this is a close game, obviously they're going to play. But if Dallas gets out early, you know, you're going to see the Wyatt Johnstons, the Jamie, or the Wyatt Johnstons, the Dadnoffs, the Domies, the Delandrias of the world. They're going to get their minutes tonight. I kind of really like Johnston to Donoff Ben as a filler here. You want to go to Dallas one, that's fine. Why Johnson probably going to see an extended look uh, on the power play like yesterday? He scored two goals. One of them was on the power play. I don't know. I think going to Dallas one here is fine. I think Dallas two is my preferred option, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you on, on Dallas two here. Like the problem, another problem with Dallas one, aside from the ice time, is like we just talked about Colorado, right? And um, depending on what you want to do with the abs, like there certainly are a lot of expensive stacks um, that you can make uh, with Colorado, but you can make you can make like a a McKinnon Lekkinen Devin Taves uh, Colorado power play stack, and it's the same price as the Dallas top line, right? And they're, you're going to get that particular stack at probably a similar ownership, and you won't have the same ice time concerns that you do with Dallas here tonight. It's kind of my only problem is like I, I agree with you. Like I'm no real issue playing Dallas one. It's just there are other expensive lines tonight that I would rather play than Dallas one. That's just kind of my only issue here. Um, there they also like they've been scoring a lot lately. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been looking at their shooting percentages. The top line is shooting 23% at five on five over the last three weeks. Like power plays can't sustain that, right? Like the Edmonton Oilers power play can't sustain 23%. This Dallas top line cannot sustain 23% shooting. Whether they can sustain it for one more game, I guess we're going to find out in about eight hours time. I agree. I'd rather play the depth from Dallas here. Um, You know, the Johnston line has been playing exceptionally well. Um, you know, he, he is just a pretty good player. I think it's just one of those spots where you can go get a good filler. And the St. Louis second line, whatever you want to call it, that Kapanen and Blaze line, uh, even with uh, Pavel Buchnevich there, really bad defensive metrics. Um, I think it's a pretty good matchup for Dallas too, so that's what I like here. Yeah, uh, like they just beat up on the Blues last night, so just go right back to them. Before we move on, we have a hundred dollar super chat. You crazy, Doug? You crazy? That's the wrong Doug. <laughs> uh, thanks to Batman Boy Wonder of Fantasy Hockey, you two are the best. No, you're the best, Doug, for get, for sending a hundred dollar super chat. Uh, Doug is on the roof. <laughs> uh, thank you. 
just you're you're really killing it with the references here today you're really doing the yeoman's work yeah thanks a lot uh doug for the hundred dollar super chat we really do appreciate it always enjoy uh seeing your name pop up uh there in the feed glad we could help out in some way um i don't know which one of us is uh the boy wonder i'll go with the boy wonder i think i'm um i know i'm actually you're younger than me so i think you're gonna we're gonna have to give you the boy wonder uh moniker here probably a couple months yeah but you're still well, neither of us could be Batman. We're a couple back surgeries deep between us. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, I mean, if you read some of the later Batman comics, back problems kind of trash. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, thanks a lot, uh, Doug. Um, we're, like I said, I'm glad we could find a help uh, a little bit here. Um, thank you again. And uh, let's hope we can do some damage here in the playoffs. Minnesota Wild with a 2.5 total heading into Nashville. The Predators have a three total. This game is a mess. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> sitting everybody. Nashville is a team. Um, I guess they have Novak. Like, Novak probably going to be the best player on the ice tonight, um, which is an absolute insane sentence to say. I, I guess, like, I have interest in Novak evangelista like the wild roster is a circus tonight so like i guess you got to kind of like do we have to go to nashville here like this is a good spot (laughs) okay Uh, yeah um minnesota is quite literally sitting their top six and their top two defensemen like capra's off um you know boldy like Erickson Eck is injured, so he was already out. Ryan Hartman is suspended, and they're resting Kaprizov, Zuccarello, Boldy, Johansson, Spurgeon, and Brodeen. It's literally their entire top six, and their two best defensemen are out for tonight. So I am not in on Minnesota. I don't care what they do. Um, you know, if you want to do a two man top line stack of like Marcus Felino and Gustav Nyquist, I don't have a real problem. But I didn't really, you know, we were mentioning on the last show, we don't really enjoy playing teams going against UC Saros. I don't know why I would play Minnesota sitting every single one of their good players and play them against UC Saros. Like, I just think there are other places for a a cheap stack. On the Nashville side, uh, the reason the team have been scoring goals was pretty high shooting percentage. Now, you can't always keep relying on shooting percentage. And that's the thing that's keeping me away from that uh, Novak Evangelista Sherwood line. Like two things were really going in their favor. One was Luke Evangelista, I think at one point, went like six or seven games in a row where every single shot attempt he took went on net. That's almost impossible to do. (laughs) Um, Over the course of a season, players will land around 55% of their shot attempts on net. I I honestly think Evangelista went like six or seven games in a row missing the net once. That never happens. And, uh, you know, big surprise, once that started normalizing, his shots on goal have just plummeted. He has seven shots in his last five games. Uh, They're basically scoring at a league average rate over the last three weeks at five on five. And that's the, despite a shooting percentage like thir- like 20 to 25% above the league average. Um, they're just not generating anything. At the very least, um, at least Tomasino, Glass, and Sanford 
aren't getting ran over. Like they're losing the expected goal share battle, but they're not getting thoroughly choked, you know, like they're sitting at a round table with Darth Vader, right? So I kind of like the Tomasino glass Sanford line here. They're coming in with more ownership, but it is one of those cheap lines that I think you can put with Colorado and Edmonton. Um, you know, uh, Glass has 22 shots in his last 10 games, so at least he's over two shots per game, which is not something a lot of these forwards can say. Uh, Tomasino shooting a little bit, not very much, but certainly more uh, than Evangelista has been. You get two out of the three guys on the top power play unit. So I honestly think that Tomasino glass Sanford line, you know, if you just want to use Tomasino and glass, I think that's fine. Um, but I think that line is fine to use here tonight uh, against Minnesota as one of those fillers for the super expensive guys. Yeah. I don't mind them as a filler. Also just had to carry my pit bull off the stairs. I'm out of shape. It's just like, I need to exercise. Uh, I think. Yeah. Get access to all of our MLB content, which are projections, ownership, top stacks tools, top pitcher tools, top data tools, the lineup generator, Discord, and much more. If you click the link in the description below, you can get your first nine days for just $9. All you have to do is click the link. It will auto-populate the code. If it's not working for you, you can go to stochastic.com and put in the promo code PLAYBALL. So... First nine days for $9. If you're playing even $1 a day, it's worth it because this is also another dollar a day and you get all the access to all of our tools. So might as well check that out. Click the link in the description below or use promo code PLAYBALL. Oh boy, here we go. Philadelphia Flyers with a 2.7 total heading into Chicago. The Blackhawks have a 2.6 total. Carter Hart, Alex Delock, probable. Johnny, they announced... Uh, either this morning or early afternoon, that they are not going to be re-signing John Taze. So this will be his last game in a Blackhawks uniform, possibly the last game of his career. He's had a lot of health issues the past few years. Maybe a contender comes calling to play like a bottom six role and he'll play another season, but this is definitely his last game in a Blackhawks uniform. As a couple people mentioned to me in uh, in DMs, this could be like the Sedin's last game. They just went nuts. But, like, you see the ownership on Chicago here. It's a little bit high, but, like, the Flyers are just garbage. So, I don't know. Like, I, maybe we play some Buddy Robinson. Buddy – someone named Buddy ended the Penguins season. Can we just can we just marvel in the fact that someone named Buddy ended the Penguins season? You're muted. Well, I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it again eventually. Um, I feel bad that we keep taking shots in Pittsburgh. I imagine Henry's just seething, looking at the TV right now, or wherever he's watching or listening to this. But um, yeah, the, the only problem with Chicago is the ownership. I don't even hate. Like, I don't. I don't mind the matchup against Philly. Certainly, you know, they don't have a sample together that Taves. Johnson Dickinson line. They're only at about 30 minutes. They have been generating a lot of shot attempts in that limited sample, but like it's only a few games. You can't really read much into it. Tyler Johnson is 29 shots in his last 10 games. That Chicago top line is all fully correlated on the power play. And we talked about how bad the Flyers penalty kill has gotten over the last couple months. Uh, so I don't hate Chicago one here, but the thing is, is like we just talked about a Nashville team that is going to have like, 
a quarter of the ownership or a third of the ownership that this Chicago team will. And they're all right around the same prices, right? Like that's kind of the only thing here. Um, I'd, I'd just rather go to low ownership. Like I, I do believe in a little bit of a narrative street here tonight. Like there's no reason for the guys not to play their best uh, for Taves. Like he is a guy that would command respect in that dressing room for for them. Um, so I don't mind, um, you know, Chicago one, Chicago two has been generating a lot of offense. I don't know if people realize this, uh, as it is CU and Andrews Bjork three point, uh, two, I think 3.7, sorry, read my handwriting wrong. 3.7 expected goals for, per 60 minutes of five on five, 4.6 actual goals. And they're up over 65 minutes now. So it's not like one of those tiny two or three game samples. At least they're up to like five or six games. If you want to avoid the high ownership, just go play the line that's not projected at 10% and go plays a little bit as an ACU and Andrews Bjork here. I think that's kind of my only recommendation for the Chicago side. On the Philly side, I want to play Philly one. I really, really do. Connect me, Frost, Farabee. But... I don't trust John Tortorella in game 82. That's one thing for certain. Number two, they're keeping Rasmus Ristolainen on the top power play unit. Did you know the Chicago top line at five on five is generating roughly the same amount of shots as the Philadelphia Flyers power play with Rasmus Ristolainen on it? Okay. The Tortorella run power play being bad is not surprising at all. I... Cam York is right there. I feel like LeBron James in that meme. Cam York is right there. And Ristolainen is just game after game after game after game after game on the top power play unit. Holy. I was about to really swear there. Anyways, Chicago has been playing better. Like we've mentioned it. Chicago has been better over like the last five or six weeks than they were earlier in the season in a lot of regards, you know, penalty kill included. I guess Philly one is fine, but honestly, like this is probably my last slate of the regular season. If I don't cash because I played the Philadelphia Flyers on the road on a 15 game slate, I might just deactivate my Twitter account and move to Portugal. So for me, it's a Chicago second line or nothing. Yeah. I mean, you can one off for our therapies when shooting the puck. Owen Tippett's had a very good, he's expensive though. So I think there's other things I'd like to do. Before we move on to the next game, we have two more super chats. You guys are nuts. 69-69. My man. Um, <laughs> this is Arden from Yonkers on the car phone. Been another fun season with you guys. Really going to miss you all. Thank you. Thanks for my most profitable season yet. Was slow for a couple weeks, but hit a six flex on prize picks last night. Stay safe. Be well. And a $49.99 super chat from Nick. Cliffy Josh, amazing work all year. Have profited in redraft and DFS. Due to your takes and insights, really helped me think the game differently. Much appreciated. Thank you very much for those super chats. Hitting a six flex is something that our boss, Jake Hari, he has it, he has it on his, his whiteboard as a goal to do. Uh, he just can't do it because he's a giant fish. But, like, congrats to you. A six a six flex is very good. I think you 25x your money or yeah, something like that. Yeah, so congrats to you there. And, Nick, um, yeah, we don't really talk too much about season long, but I think you can take what we say and kind of work it into season long. So congrats to you 
thank you for tuning in every day. Uh, we appreciate you. We're here for you guys. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Um, Arden, always good to see you uh, pop up in the chat. I certainly appreciate the super okay. chat and uh, making sure you get it done in the car from your phone <laughs> to me, uh, before uh, the show ends. We really do appreciate that. Glad uh, we could help you out this season. Uh, certainly. Um, let's hope we can just uh, keep this rolling here for another couple months. Uh, and Nick, again, always good to see you in chat. Really, really do appreciate the super chat. Glad we could help you profit. Um, you know, that's something that we do take pride in. We do like, we're not just here just spouting stuff. We do want to help people. That's why we're here. Um, I wouldn't admit this to my boss, but eventually like I want to get to a point where people don't have to subscribe or watch us because they've learned enough and can kind of just start doing stuff on their own. And, um, I, you know, just seeing people say that they've learned something or that they look at something differently that, you know, that's incredibly rewarding for me. So, uh, thanks for saying that. Thanks for hanging out in the chat. And we really do appreciate the super chats guys. Thanks. Yeah. And Kyle says Jake hit one, didn't he? Not in my book. So <laughs> unless he uh, brings receipts, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, boy. San Jose Sharks with a 2.4 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 4.5 total. James Reimer probable. Stewie Skinner is confirmed. I mean, what are you really going to say about the Oilers here? It's the power play, guys. Top line is fully correlated. You can leave off Hyman, add in Dry Seidel. Bouchard still ridiculously, stupidly priced. It's just a matter of <clears throat> do you want to play all the expensive guys to have to punt the rest of your lineup or or what? But like I'm probably gonna like Cliff, you mentioned I'm probably gonna be deciding between the the Avs and the Oilers tonight, which isn't a big surprise. Yeah, and the one thing we should mention is that basically since the trade deadline. Both Edmonton lines have been playing well at five on five and scoring. Like Edmonton one and Edmonton two are basically identical expected goals for over the last six weeks 3.8, 3.9 expected goals for virtually identical expected goals against 2.6. Um, so you know, both lines are playing well. There could be ice time differences, obviously. Um, you know, Yamamoto is not going to play as much as Nugent Hopkins or Hyman, so that's you know, that's a big reason that that factors into it. Uh, the Edmonton penalty kill has gotten a lot better since they got Matias at home, and it's one of those things that's keeping me away from San Jose. Like, I as I just trashed the Flyers, I was considering playing the Sharks on the road here, but oh, yeah, because Peterson and Hurdle, like we said on the last show, they have been playing well together. Uh, Peterson and Hurdle are up to over 105 minutes, 3.2 expected goals for 3.3 actual goals for those are really good offensive numbers, not just for the Sharks, for basically anybody, um, you know, that line with Couture, they're all on the top power play unit, uh, you know, the problem in Edmonton does take a ton of like, a, not a ton, but above average rate and penalties, but the penalty kill has been a lot better. And like I said, 
the top two lines have both been about league average defensively, and Stuart Skinner's just played real well. So I don't mind San Jose one here, really. I just think there are other spots at that price range that you can go. Um, not a whole lot to say on the Edmonton side. The, the, it's, it is the top power play guys all over again. Um, I do think you you know you can do something like a Nugent Hopkins with Connor McDavid and then throw in like a Yamamoto or something like that. I think that's fine, honestly, just because those top six guys just all play so much um, that it can get you can definitely get there. You know, by not playing all the all the expensive guys, you can mix in, you know take off uh you know Zach Hyman put in a Vander King take off Nugent Hopkins put in Yamamoto like you can do stuff like that um but it's just it's yeah it's just deciding between Edmonton and Colorado here tonight and I just don't have a good answer between the two of them right now yeah Stu Skinner 13-1-1 in his last 15 I know records don't really mean much but that's actually kind of impressive Los Angeles Kings, the 3.8 total heading into Anaheim. The Ducks have a 2.7 total. Junis Corpusal is confirmed. Not sure who's starting for the Ducks. I know Mason McTavish is not playing tonight. We don't have Ducks lines. I don't know. This game is uh, – Yeah, they, they actually ran a practice yesterday. I don't know what's going on with Anaheim, but – like basically since the end of March, we've been getting regular line combinations that we haven't been getting for like four years from that team. I don't know what's going on. Uh, they went back to um, Terry Zegers, Henry top line. I, this game is meaningless for the Kings. So I, I don't know if they're going to sit people. It's going to be another one of those situations where if they do play, they might only it's play. Not, it's not completely meaningless. Um, if they lose and Seattle wins tonight in any fashion, um, Seattle takes their spot in the number three, and then um, the Kings go down to the wild card. Oh, did not know that. So, yeah. yeah. So, you could, you know, basically for the Kings, it's do you want to play Edmonton in the first round, or I think they get Dallas. Or the winner of that division. It could be Colorado, too. So, yeah. So, yeah, do you want to play Edmonton or do you want to play Colorado or do you want to play Dallas? That's that's what Los Angeles is playing for. I don't want any of that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, yeah. so maybe the Kings are a pretty good play here tonight then. They're getting almost no ownership, the top line anyway. But that is with, um, you know, the Minnesota and the Winnipeg guys still in. So we'll see what happens throughout the day. But I don't know. I, I would have some interest in a power play stack here probably. That would probably like you want to go Kopitar, Kempe, and I follow something like that, or Kopitar, Kempe, Victor Arvidsson. I don't know if I would play LA two here. They're probably going to be over owned. They haven't been playing great recently. I mean, it is the Ducks, and that is the cure for almost anything. But I'd rather take the lower ownership here and get some power play guys. Yeah, that. That second line, like we mentioned it earlier on the last show, has not been playing well. And like typically, that's the one thing they could hang their hat on was like they were at least usually pretty good defensively. So if they did go in a scoring drought, um, they were still doing something. They're not, and that's a problem. So I agree with you. It would be the Kings' top line if anything can't be Kobatar Byfield. But two things there: one, um, you know, the Kings do have some pretty wide home road splits, like the. Los Angeles top line is like 59% expected goal share at home and like 48% on the road. Um, they're not that good. Uh, 
the Anaheim top line with Terry. <laughs> Am I really playing Anaheim here tonight? The Anaheim top line with Henrik, uh, Terry, and Zegras won't get much ownership here. They're not super expensive. They're all on the top power play unit. I don't know, man. I don't hate the Ducks top line here. I like. I don't. I, I'm not playing anything from Los Angeles in this game. I don't. I said it on the last show. I'm, I'm not playing the Kings until they get Fiala and Blarity back. That like they just don't have the the you know skilled playmakers with like Velarde and Fiala are probably Los Angeles's two best skilled playmaking forwards. You take those two out of the lineup, there's just no one left that can do what they do. That's kind of my problem. I know it's a great matchup for them, but um, I honestly don't mind the Anaheim side here. Zegers, um, Henrik, and Troy Terry, they played well earlier in the season. 3.1 expected goals for three actual goals. Um, you know, Troy Terry might end up both playing both power plays like he did last game. So probably the announced one. Did you just talk me into playing some ducks? I hope not. Oh boy. Yeah, I should clarify. Like they're not a like a target of mine. I didn't open the slate and be like, oh boy, I'm playing some ducks here tonight, but they are gonna be one of those lines that I will be considering when I make my lineups. Yeah, that's fair. Two games left to get through. Let's get through them. Vancouver Canucks with a 3.5 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a three total. Uh, goalie's not confirmed. There's X's through Demko's name, so it might not even be him. Are these lines right? Ones. Pedersen, JT Miller. Yeah. Yeah. Pedersen, yeah. Miller, Giuseppe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're all in the top power play unit together, too. Against the Coyotes, who might yeah. have the worst power play on the line. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Um, yeah, Travis Boyd's on the top line for the Coyotes' sneak tank move there. Um, yeah, I have interest in that Vancouver top line. Can't fit him with, with – Colorado or Edmonton. So if you have the cojones to fade the Oilers and the Avalanche tonight, I think the Canucks are a very good target here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Tom in Arizona. I'm out. Like, like you said, I'm pretty sure they put Travis Boyd on the top line because Barry Hayton was playing too well there and they had to start losing a lot of games. Um, there's no other reason to play Travis Boyd there. Uh, not really. Not, not game in and game out. Um, and the numbers, the Arizona top line's numbers with Travis Boyd there, I looked at them just since Christmas. They're atrocious. I looked at them all season long. They're atrocious. Just I'm out on Arizona. Uh, Vancouver, I don't – it is that Pedersen line. Pedersen, like I'm not making a Vancouver stack and leaving Pedersen and JT Miller off of it, obviously. So uh, Miller, Pedersen, and Di Giuseppe, and they're all perfectly correlated on the power play. If you're not, if you're one of the, one of the people that's not playing Edmonton or Colorado here tonight, I think that Vancouver line has to be certainly in consideration. I was looking at I, I know we make fun of Vancouver for taking Andre Kuzmenko off the power play at times. Their numbers, the the power play's numbers are better without Kuzmenko there. Um, now whether they're going to be better with Phil Di Giuseppe there, and, and you know instead of the one of the usual replacements like Brock Besser or uh, you know Anthony Beauvillier or earlier in the season Bo Horvat, um, I guess we're going to find out. No, Besser's on the top power play. You know, I messed that up. But um, yeah, I I do kind of like that Vancouver line. And you know Miller and 
and uh, Pedersen have decent offensive numbers together this year. 2.9 expected goals for per 60 minutes. Um, you know, he does. Pedersen has 11 points in his last 10 games. He stayed a little hot. So I, I do like that Vancouver line here more than anything else in this game. Yeah, I, I do as well. But I, I, I'll have to see in my one lineup. I don't know if I'm going to get there. Maybe I'll one off Philly D Giuseppe, but we'll see. Let's get to the last game of the night here. Couple teams have something to play for here. I hate stacking both of these teams. Vegas Golden Knights with a 3.3 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.1 total. Borosua and Phil Grubauer are confirmed. No ownership on either side. Both teams have something to play for. Vegas, I think, needs to win to win the division. Seattle, I guess, can go into the third spot in the Pacific. It's probably going to be that Beniers McCann Eberle line, but I, I don't think I'm going to prioritize either side on this slate, even though that's a meaningful game. Yeah, I, like I'm not running out to necessarily play either side. Like I'm certainly not playing Vegas here. Like the prices are fine. And if you want to go back to Smith, Carlson, and Mario, um, I think that's fine as well. But Seattle's defensive numbers have really gotten pretty good since the trade deadline. That's about six weeks ago. <coughs> Pardon me. About six weeks ago now. So, I, you know, Seattle's goaltending certainly can falter, but I don't want to spend my last night of the regular season hoping, you know, staying up until 2 o'clock in the morning and hoping that the Seattle penalty, the Seattle goaltending sucks. Like, uh, like I have things I, I really want to do with my life. Um, Seattle is uh, – Seattle's top line is the one I would go to probably, but I don't – hate the idea of that Tolvin and Gord Bjorkstrand line, right? The offensive numbers lately have been good. Like they're riding a hot shooting percentage, 13% since the deadline, but you know, I wouldn't, they can shoot like 11% or something like that. Bjork and Tolvin are on the top power play unit. The Vegas penalty kill has really, really struggled, uh, you know, basically since the end of February. I don't, if you're looking for one of those fillery type stacks, I don't mind Bjorkstrand, Tolvin and Gord here. Um, I think those is that's another one of those lines I can go with the Colorados and the Edmontons and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, nothing for not nothing's really in consideration for me on the Vegas side. Yeah, yeah. Great A Flick says last show on the internet held up pretty well. I reset every router I own. I reset and I started my computer. I unplugged the the Ethernet, let it cool down. He lit some scented candles. He put on some Barry Manilow. It was really really romantic. I had sage burning and it was just, it was just a absolute scene in here, but yeah. Um, got through 15 games, ton of defensemen playing tonight, but there has to be a handful of guys that you want to prioritize who you liking. I mean, Oh God. So if you're looking for super cheap defensemen, there are obviously going to be a lot playing tonight because of all the guys coming in and out of the lineups should mention, like with Matias Samuelson out for Buffalo, Henry Yokohari was probably gonna have to play twenty close to twenty five minutes here tonight. He's super cheap. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser for Chicago is projecting unbelievably well, and it's because he played twenty minutes last game, and I think he's still twenty five hundred. So Wyatt Kaiser, if you need a mid price punt, Connor Clifton from Boston, as long as he plays. Nick Holden from Ottawa has been over twenty minutes a game lately. He's super cheap, and Brock Faber from Minnesota as well, with them sitting Spurgeon and Brodeen. Uh, he could see some minutes. Uh, other cheap guys I don't mind here tonight. 
uh, Justin Schultz, Martin Fairberry, uh, JJ Moser, um, TJ Brody, uh, Matias Ekholm. In the mid mid price range, I think there are two guys on mid price range for defensemen on DK, like that four to six thousand dollar range. I think there are two guys that stand above the rest: Devin Tays and Evan Bouchard. I don't think that's a big surprise to anybody. There are still a lot of guys in that mid price range, like Victor Hedman, up on the top power play uh, with Sergeyev out of the lineup. Brady Shea is playing the second most minutes behind Brent Burns now in Carolina, and he's the guy that can put up shots and blocks, and that's a game where he might have to do both. Mike Matheson has been playing like 27, 28 minutes a game for Montreal of late. Like if Boston just does decide to rest a bunch of players, uh, he might not be a bad option here tonight. Um, certainly Quinn Hughes and Jake Sanderson running their respective top power play units as well. Uh, not a lot for the super expensive guys. Like if you want to play Rasmus Dahlin, I'm not going to say no to that. Um, but Eric Carlson's on the road. John Carlson's playing against the Devils. You know, Florida's playing against Carolina. So I think the only two guys I have a lot of interest in in the expensive price range are Dougie Hamilton for New Jersey and Alex Petrangelo uh, from Vegas. But I got to like with a lot of the mid-price guys projecting obscenely well and a lot of super cheap options available tonight, I don't see a huge need to spend up on the blue line. Yeah. I'm like I'm going through this goalie list because we're going to talk about goalies right now. And Whoa. I like the goalie list here tonight. Do you? Oh, yeah. I mean, talk Alex, to me. Leon, Alex Leon's got to be at the top of the list, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then, you know, once more onto the breach with our buddy UC Saros. He might not see much shot volume, but, man, he's still cheap at home. Um, Alex Stalock for Chicago, he's cheap at home again. Darcy Kemper, I think, you know, he just had a monster game the other night for the Caps, as long as he goes here. Um, I mean, I guess we'll see who starts for Anaheim. Did they say Dostal is going to start for sure yet? Uh, no, it hasn't been confirmed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, him and John Gibson are both 7K, so you can make that swap. But I don't mind the Anaheim goal, goalies here tonight either. Yeah, I also don't mind uh, Yorgiev, 7,800 at home. Um, who was it? Joe Wall for the Leafs. I mean, he the Leafs may not have something to play for, but he does. Uh, so I don't mind him. But, yeah, Alex Leon Knight is upon us. Baby, um, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? I have no idea. Uh, too bad Nikita Zadorov's not on the slate again. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go to one of the guys that's turned into one of my. I'm I'm doing this for uh, strictly nostalgic type of purpose. I'm gonna do it for one of the guys that's turned into one of my favorite players to watch over the last couple seasons, and I'm going to our Ottawa Senators, and I'm going to Tim Stutzla. He is. Really good. I'm going to go Homer. You got to go out on your shield here. I'm going Philip Heedle. Well, I mean, now that you say that, I, I'm not wrecking in Montreal. I'm not I'm not doing it. You're not going Mike Matheson? <laughs> <laughs> like maybe Brendan Gallagher? I don't know. No, Tim Smith for a hat trick pick. Let's do it, buddy. You got two right this season, right, on the hat trick picks? Yep. I had zero. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm picking like Miko Rantanen and you're picking like Ely Tolvanen. It's not quite the same. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that is the end of the regular season. I just wanted to say thank you very much to our guys at Stochastic, Jake, Nolan, 
Mr. Kennedy, our CEO. <laughs> Thank you for uh, letting us uh, come back on the air. Uh, everyone who has tuned in throughout the season, who is still here in Discord on Twitter, I appreciate all of you guys. We appreciate you. I don't want to put words in Cliffy's mouth, but he does. Um, just thank you. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll extend a couple other thanks as well. And it's to some producers and former producers. Um, those guys helped me out particularly a lot this season, just asking them questions about, you know, just basically doing this as a producer um, on our own. Um, so I want to say thanks to Tyler Zander want to say thanks to Mike Lawrence and I want to say thanks to Chris Karen as well. Um, who certainly helped us. Chris especially helped us out a lot, uh, particularly at the start of the season. Um, so want to give a big shout out to those guys as well. And of course, thank you to everybody that tuned in all season long, people that shared our articles or shared these videos or subscribed or, um, you know, hit one of the promos or, you know, just came in and, and just wanted to watch us and just, uh, talk hockey for an hour um, whatever your reasons um, we certainly appreciate you guys being here like I said we're we're working out stuff for the playoffs hopefully we can get something done we'll definitely be posting about it um, both in the discord and on our twitter accounts when we find out for sure what's going to happen there but um, if this is our, our last show of the season uh, what a way to go out cannot wait to play um, some Anaheim talks here tonight yeah, going out on a 15-game slate playing Anaheim Ducks. That is, yeah, let's go, baby. You, like, that is just classic us because during the COVID season, the bubble season, all we did was play the Ducks. So, But, yeah, thank you very much. If, you know, we might see you next week on the air, but if not, you can catch us on Discord and Twitter for sure. Yeah. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and sharing, and commenting to my dad. And keep it up next year. Yeah. Uh, best wishes, Josh, and due addition to the family. Yeah. Uh, if if we're back next year, which I think we will, I don't know. I don't want to, you know. But if, if we start in the middle of October, I'm going to have a three-month-old. These bags will be down here. But uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll see you next week, depending on what DraftKings does. But thank you guys very much. I appreciate all of you. Yeah. Kyle, Brett. Uh, Kylan, uh, Arden from Yonkers, seeing you guys give us the thanks. Joanne, thank you. Um, really appreciate you. Yeah, really appreciate you guys. Um, thanks for the support all season long. Um, hopefully, we'll see you guys next week for the postseason. <laughs>